and welcome to another Tuesday night edition of the Miles Offside podcast where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of Ian Stimson getting an embolism. My name is Chuck Bailey, I was about to say Oscar Puente then, and with me as always, super producer wow. Ian Stimson and current guest host, Mr Adam P. How are you, gentlemen? When you said embolism, I thought you were going to say enema and I was really confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just always do that on a podcast night, Adam. Oh, it's birthday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually the guys come round and administer an enema. Uh, it's just a little ritual we've got. Uh, it's it's your second time, so we we'll we'll save it till the third time. We'll save it. Till yep. It's not your second time. Switch it's your second on, fade up, time. pump in, pump out. Um, <laughs> second consecutive enemas. Um, wow, what a, an uh, what a an image. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well then, we can move on then. Um, welcome, as ever. We are no Americans and three Brits. Uh, we talk a little bit of the Premier League, but definitely get distracted. And uh, there's a hell of a lot to talk about this week. So let's just get started with our famous and definitely ill-described segment. <coughs> rapid, 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 rapid fire news. Our top story this evening, we wanted to cover this as there has been a, a lot of news coverage at the moment, um, very saddened by the events uh, that have gone on after an earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Um, we hope that, that everyone, you know, all your loved ones and everyone connected to that area are okay and safe and well. Um, we also just wanted to mention that there were um, team members of, I believe it's Mateo Spor um, uh, team that were also trapped in the rubble. Um, some people may remember Christian Atsu, uh, who played a couple of years ago for Newcastle and Everton. Um, he's been recovered and, and taken off to, to hospital. So we wish him a, a recovery as well as everyone else to be found safe and well. Um, but things aren't looking good. But we just wanted to to bring that to the attention um, and and send our love and any support you can give and any donations to charities will be much appreciated. Um, a bit of a sea change there um, is that I mean I was going to do an Oscar and buried lead on this, but Manchester City, Manchester City has been very very naughty boys, and I don't know about you, but I'm incredibly shocked. Um, the Premier League has decided to charge Man City with breaking financial rules after a four-year investigation, as many as four, uh, which came after the Der Spiegel leaks a few years ago, um, where they said that Man City sponsoring themselves might have lied about the amount of money they were giving to themselves who knew um this has been fun and not at all surprising hasn't it yeah i think the the funny thing about this is i don't even before we were doing the podcast obviously we did know each other before that mm. and i definitely remember uh talking to you guys and us being like well obviously they're going to massage the sponsorship thing that's the obvious way to do it and yep. <laughs> this seems to be exactly what they've been accused of among hundred or more charges. <laughs> yeah, it, yep. it is wow. sort of like the least surprising, surprising <laughs> news story because everyone sort <laughs> yeah. of knew it was going on. Yeah, and like you say, Chuck, the leaks had come out a while ago. Yeah, and it feels like everyone mm. forgot, but also sort of knew it was there. So when the sort of charges came out, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's that's not a surprise at all. Well, I think the fact that they. When when UEFA tried to do them over certain things, and they went to the court uh, of arbitration for sport and managed to get that dismissed, I think mm. I think a lot of people thought, "Oh, well, that's the end of that." Then, like without realizing that the Premier League were also also looking in, into all this stuff. And I yeah. mean, 
over a hundred charges is is not insubstantial. Mm. I mean, we all know how it works that it's it's unlikely that anything ridiculous like the winding up of the club, you know, nothing nothing ridiculous is going to happen. But this mm. the the Premier League do seem to not be happy about this. Otherwise, they wouldn't have wouldn't have pursued it. <laughs> um, and so you're looking at so many charges, <laughs> so many potential rule yeah. breaks, and 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 that's just. And that's only, you know, 100 breaches from 2009 to 2018. <laughs> well, and one of the big differences uh, here between the UEFA charge that you brought up, Ian, is the time limit on it. So yeah. I think there's a certain sort of mm. time expiration where after a certain amount of years, UEFA's, uh, or there is something that means the UEFA effectively can't investigate those accounts, whereas that mm. isn't the case for the Premier League. So they can just go back and completely rake everything over the coals. And it, it yeah, it sort of puts big questions over what the punishment is going to be. I mm-hmm. think probably we're all thinking there'll be some sort of token financial... Expulsion from the league. Expulsion yeah. from the league. Well, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> you look at exactly what we were talking about a few weeks ago with Juventus, and they, even though they only got docked nine points, it sort of does set a precedent for domestic regulations having a real punitive effect on on clubs breaking sort of rules in this manner. Yeah, and and when points have been docked, certainly in this country before, it's always generally been for administration or like the other end of financial mismanagement, (laughs) you know, where it means that the the club's going to go under. Whereas this is, I mean, there's so many, so many charges relating to the the sponsorship thing where they think that the owner's money has been going directly to the club rather than any genuine sponsorship attempt by any company. <laughs> um, is it uh, people's salaries being paid via subsidiary Consultancy companies fees. and yeah, stuff like that? I mean, if if there's a paper trail here, it sort of makes you wonder how they're going to and there must be a paper trail, it makes you wonder how they're going to get out of it. Uh, Pep has said in the past that if mm. the club has misled him about, because uh, they've always denied these things, he's, he said if the club has misled him, then then he'll walk. Um, I mean, it, it could get very messy. It it probably mm. won't. I don't know. I, there's, you know, just so much corruption everywhere politically uh football financial world yeah. everything it just it just seems well, like to, nothing's going to happen link but... to to the politically part this the, the timing of this on the premier league side is very convenient considering uh, there's a white paper going out about you know overall governance in football and yeah. that having to be taken mm. outside of football's control um yep. so it seems very convenient ah. that they would bring this up immediately now which right. is which is what city are kind of saying like well you're only potentially doing this to make a point they might not you know be be doing anything which is why it potentially you know everyone's saying about all oh, x team and y team will get a title and there'll be asterisks on it and yeah. he will get you know relegated and all this crap chances are they won't um i mean it would be hilarious if they are but you know the premier league is still investigating everything from 2018 onwards so it isn't all of it um there's still plenty also, more to come the, but you know yeah. there's no, there's not been asterisks on Blackburn's Premier League win on Chelsea's Premier League win, you know, and I'm I'm absolutely certain that everything wasn't 100% above board in all of those things. Financial fair play, fair enough, didn't exist then when, uh, you know, you mm. owners could just pump money in, I suppose. But you know, it's let, let's face it, it's 
It's not unusual, is it, for owners to find a way to finance clubs in ridiculous ways. It's just that this is maybe to the nth degree because we're talking about so many, well, probably billions of pounds if you look at you know what's gone through the books. You know, mm. it's it's pretty insane. It was, uh, but yeah, I think Adam, you you had it on the head there where it was like surprise, not surprised, and yep. <laughs> everyone acting surprised was surprising. But yeah. And and the good thing is that at least you know all of this is going off, uh, you know, going on off the pitch. At least on the pitch, their performances have been really good. <laughs> Pep is acting completely calmly as well. You know, doesn't look like he's about to throw a tantrum at any point. <laughs> no. Ah, oh, see, people were talking about this, but I didn't see. Didn't he go absolutely mad or something in a press conference? Which one? Yeah, I was going to say. I think. This at this point, he could just send any of his players off to Bayern because uh, they've they've annoyed him at various points. He's he's sort of I think there's a I don't know. Are we I mean are we getting into the football already? Because I don't want to uh, jump yeah. the shark. But is Cancelo the mole? <laughs> but I saw on Twitter lots of people were saying, "Oh yeah, there was a there have." it was leaked from a former City employee and then people got loads of screenshots of images of Cancelo looking unhappy at being substituted. It was uh, a little bit too three if if any If any ex-employee stood to benefit the most from a City points deduction right now, it's Mikel Arteta. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> and Gabriel Jesus and Alexander Zinchenko, like those three getting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a conspiracy theory, baby. Um, okay, go on, then, Ian. If you if you want to dangerously well, veer back I, onto the the comedy no, element, all all I was going to say is, you know, pe- some of Pep Pep has always had the ability to uh, make team selections or tactical selections more more often in the Champions League that have made you go, huh? Okay, he's you know the 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 common thing is that he's trying to outthink himself. He's trying to beat himself by <laughs> by you know I want to see if I can win by doing this mad shit, but. While, you know, for instance, you know, Lewis is clearly a very good player and will be a very, very good player. It just seemed very odd to put him in this. Is he left back? Is he double pivot? Is What's happening with this player specifically? And he didn't do very well. And that's not the first time he's not done very well in in that Cancelo Mm -hmm. role that Cancelo always did very well at. And it's just, I don't know, he sort of made the attempt to control that middle of the park bit and it just didn't work it, it yeah. i don't know pet confuses me and i assume it's because he's working 20 levels above me but sometimes you look at it and go nah nah i don't know what you're doing there mate i think there's a there's an element of if if what happened with cancelo is to be believed that you know, he was basically just being very disruptive and you know what Pep's yeah, like and you know yeah. what the setup there's like. They need everyone to, to be in the cult and can't disturb it and also needs to, you know, recycle and shake up. You you need to continually be... Such a be good player, though. He's evolved. such a yeah, good player. It's, 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 it's sort of... Oh, man, it, it hurts me to think that he's not in the league anymore because I used to love watching him play as, as a neutral, you know? If, if City are about to be punished uh, for kind of having sort of unreasonable financial sources selling a player is at least one way they can now actually generate revenue and get some uh, get some money in their club legitimately for well it, it depends because Bayern aren't going to offer him 70 million now if they go down you know it's going to be a lot less but um, well who knows <laughs> oh what a buyer's market yeah I suppose yeah. well yeah <laughs> it we, could we'll be. see who it is but yeah I think Rico Lewis definitely thrown in the deep end to be 
you know, you can be a very, very good player as a fullback, but to do what Pep asks you to do in that system, it's it's completely different. So, but it seems it's hard a lot to, to ask like, someone so young. You know, he's yeah, he's literally old. Enough. You're old enough to be his father, Ian. Like, come on now. Um, uh huh. Yeah, and it not even be weird. Yeah, yeah. and it well, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Jesus. Yeah, it would be like a teenage thing. Yeah, no, just a yeah. legitimate, <laughs> just a legitimate father figure. Um, yeah. Do, do we? Oh, that's put you off. It's got weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's got weird. I'm just blowing past it. Um, do we? Man City as a whole. Um, all those articles this week I saw from the Athletic has Erling Haaland broken fantasy football. Um, clearly not. He's a big Norwegian fraud. Um, nothing, absolutely nothing. Didn't even have a shot. Didn't even have a shot in the game. Um, but the striker on the other side, um, who we've always said is the greatest striker ever, right? Especially Oscar. Um, he's never yeah. said that Spurs should get rid of him or that he's got no legs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I've never said busted flush. Absolutely not. No, one Harold Kane <laughs> getting his 200th Premier League goal. Uh, for the Spurs and his 267th for Tottenham in total, taking him past Jimmy Greaves' record um, to now be the highest scoring Tottenham player of all time. Um, that's pretty bloody impressive. Yeah. I, I'm I, Now, just to clarify, I'm not going to be a disingenuous cool. Arsenal fan and say it was a little bit tin pot of Tottenham to have him on the pitch giving a speech afterwards in a win that effectively helped their oh, don't worry. massive rivals towards the Ian, title. I'm Ian not going to be absolutely like that. hate that. Ian <laughs> will hate that. And if he if he came even remotely close to doing a lap of honour, Adam, Ian will be right there with you. I'm going to rise above that sort of pettiness and say <laughs> <laughs> the low bar Stimson sets. Yeah, um, it is quite remarkable in a way to watch a player have this kind of remarkable achievement. And we've like all watched his entire senior career mm-hmm. effectively mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. absolute obscurity. I mean, Spurs fans were saying, how on earth is he even in the Premier League squad? He had had failed loans at sort of Leicester, Norwich and Millwall. Oh, he'd been on the bench yep. for that classic uh, championship playoff final. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he was being yeah, kept yeah. out of the it... side at Leicester by Chris Wood. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. And to see him now sort of smashing 30 goals a season pretty regularly, and he could feasibly break Alan Shearer's sort of all-time scoring record, I think that's not not out of the question if he stays no. at Spurs for another sort of two or three years. So, mm. yeah, it is it's quite impressive uh, to watch that kind of career arc to see where he is now. Yeah, I think especially off the back of all of what we've had in the last couple of years of whether he should go or that kind of thing and also the conversation you can have where it's you know are trophies the sole uh kind of indicator of success for a player considering what what low percentage of, of players actually are playing for the teams that win titles and that kind of stuff um but yeah well I, that's I, the I problem with uh, and and luke from the football ramblers mentioned this before it's not an individual game is it you know it's a team game uh, Harry Kane plays for a team that happens to have not not uh, won trophies recently, but uh, fucking hell! I mean, if you're looking at individual individual plaudits, then number of goals is absolutely insane, and he's doing what a lot of older players do now, and 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 changing his game. 
and he's still so incredibly important to Tottenham. Um, you know, you, you get a lot of teams that will not be afraid to rotate anyone, but Tottenham Tottenham never rotate Kane because he's yeah, so integral to how they play. That, that has been to his detriment, really, I think. P- potentially, say. yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah we've obviously talked about his injury issues before, and and that 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 could yeah that could be the case. Maybe if he, if he had have gone to a team like Man City earlier on in his career, maybe he might I don't know still be the quicker poacher he was back in the day instead of sitting as deep as he is now. But I just think he's adapting his game, you know. And and I I thought. I I didn't like all the all the stuff with over the summer with him flirting with Man City and then it all it all going wrong. It all just looked to it, it wasn't a great look for anyone, was it? It wasn't a great look for no. Harry. It wasn't a great look for his mm-hmm. brother. It wasn't a great look for Tottenham or you know <laughs> anyone anyone really. Charlie Kane, <laughs> yeah, I mean agent it, extraordinaire. Yeah, make make those deals a bit more watertight to how you want them, mate, and then you'll be and then you'll be fine. Because it was very much like, oh, I'm going to force a move to Man City. Check the contract. No, you can't. All right, okay, I'll probably just stay here then, <laughs> um, and uh, and and try and do the same thing with Son and Kulazewski as I've done. But anyway, it it yeah, I'm I'm digressing massively. What what an amazing achievement! And um, like like you say, Adam, it's actually. I hadn't thought about that before, but yeah, we have, we have seen his career practically from start to finish, and uh, that that's been yeah quite something actually. So um, and and just not even mention his England achievements, you know. So yeah, it's a uh, it's an incredible achievement for not me. even mentioning his England achievements because there aren't any. <laughs> no. Oh wow, he's won even less trophies for England than he's won with Tottenham. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> are we forgetting the fair play award, gentlemen? Come on. Yes. Yes, we are. Oh, no. oh, we are. Okay, good. No, I'm not. We are not <laughs> counting. We are disregarding Jose completely. Would. Jose um, would count. Uh, Jose Mourinho. Um, <laughs> just to round this off, because, yeah, fuck it, Tottenham outperformed them by 0.1 XG. Congratulations. Um, Antonio Conte uh, was missing. Um, he had to have uh, some fairly serious surgery, I believe, on something called cholecystitis, I think, which is to do with uh, your gallbladder. Um, so he's going to be out for a while. So we wish you a very speedy recovery. Um, yeah, and, he's and had a hell of a year. Fucking yeah. Screaming on the sound lines as well. Yeah, yeah, big year. So, yeah, uh, that's where we want him, yeah. Back. Uh, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Um, uh, Sean Dyche. Sean old Dyche. If, if you weren't sure, guys, we're still in rapid, rapid, rapid fire ah, news. Yeah, sure. Um, that's still happening. <laughs> we're on the fifth rapid. Dyche has joined, <laughs> joined Everton um, in probably one of the most predictable moves in uh, world football. Um, and they done a bloody win um, against some team called Arsenal. Uh uh, where where are they in the? Are they, they they're like top of the league, aren't they? How did they lose to Everton? And I'm gonna throw this one to <laughs> Ian. <laughs> sure you are. I did, uh... Yeah. Well, I will like a brilliant squash player. Uh, just send it back against the wall to Adam. Adam, how did you lose that game? <laughs> yeah, you know. Squash. How did you lose that fucking game? Ah, uh, dear. I'm still asking myself the same question. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I think it was all set up to be a kind of very horrible, horrible match. Oh, it's a setup. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> are we talking about the Premier League script? Yeah, uh, we are indeed. Um, Actually, no. Adam, let me just stop you. So when um, Sean Dyche was appointed, 
before this game, did you have genuine worries before the game? Like, as in, did you think, ah, shit, this is... We're going to have new manager bounce. He's going to he's going to be able to organise them quickly. Mm-hmm. He's going to uh, he's, well, he's no. worked with some no, of the no, players no, no, no. before. He he stuck he stuck to what he knew, and it was Sean Dyche, and the goal was scored by James Tarkovsky and assisted by Dwight McNeil. <laughs> yeah, it was the most Burnley of Burnley goals, <laughs> except for the fact that they outperformed on XG one point seven to zero point nine. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. something's happened but, here. Even though but, we slag off Everton, this is probably the best squad Sean Dyche, overperforming Sean Dyche has ever had. So I, yeah, I'm really yeah. scared. We should all be scared. I just, I just want to know from Adam, an Arsenal fan, because obviously Dyche was appointed before this game. Did he have worries before the game or did he think that's still just Everton? That's all. I, I was thinking, see, the problem is, is I looked at it as Dyche managing Burnley was thinking uh, Arsenal had a relatively okay record against Burnley, yeah. despite the kind of sort of new Stoke kind of tag that a lot of people gave to them. So I was thinking it mm. will be a much tougher game than it would have been against Frank Lampard's Everton. But I mean, that's not really saying much. Um, and I was sort of thinking uh, a comfortable win might become a close win or even a draw. Yeah. I kind of wasn't ruling it out, but no, I wasn't. I don't think I was expecting the uh, kind of uplift in the mood that was so clear amongst the players and uh, and the supporters to be matched in a, a really accomplished tactical on the pitch performance. I thought because mm. like uh, like Chuck says, reading out the XG, this wasn't a smash and grab. This wasn't Everton putting ten men behind the ball, having one chance and sort of nicking it in the ninetieth minute. They they pretty comfortably deserved to win. Uh, they they were much better than Arsenal, who just didn't. Didn't really show up. I think I, they created a couple of chances, but even those were individual moments from Saka and Nketiah. Mm. Yeah. Other than that, it was a uh, it, it was a really deserved victory by I almost called them Burnley by Everton. <laughs> <laughs> it's just natural, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. It's understandable. Um, yeah, I think get used to it. Yeah. It was it, it was a, a sort of classic Dice performance in that it was involved a lot of running. Um, but I, I think that's that's exactly what they needed to do. They they were always going to have yeah. to be up and at it for this to, to play this Arsenal team. But I, is that I why you certainly... got them doing the bleep test in freezing oh, weather? God, he was just like straight away bleep test. I love it. That's that's such good <laughs> I really shit. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, just you can imagine a bunch of Premier League players having to do what fucking secondary school students do when they when they're doing PE lessons or whatever. Just sit. Have we not moved beyond the bleep? Te- yeah, all right, we've got to do it because I want my fucking first team place. So yeah, fine. <laughs> but like, it was yeah. I mean, that does epitomise old Daishi, doesn't it? But um, the team the team performed fucking well. And uh, match of the day had some stats about their running, and you'd always ex- uh, it was mentioned you'd always expect that for a first first game under a new manager. Um, but it. They, they they pressed really well. They did not let Arsenal have have much time on the ball at all. And mm. well, I say they didn't have much time. Arsenal dominated the possession, but it wasn't comfortable possession. No, and that's no. what Arsenal need, isn't it? That's what Arsenal have always needed. They need comfortable possession. They need a little bit of time to to figure out where they're going to recycle the ball to. And uh, they certainly did not get that this time. And uh, it, it it was really impressive. I don't think it will last forever. I think Everton will still be struggling this season, but I think they couldn't have appointed a better manager and this was a hell of a start. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think what you said about 
this is the this is the best squad Dyche has had for obviously compared to the Burnley uh, squad he had. If even if you just look at the midfielders, when you've got mm. people like Onana and Ducore, they don't just have that kind of energy that all Sean Dyche midfielders need, but they they're quite technically accomplished as well. Very yeah, there's a creativity yeah, yeah, yeah. there that is definitely yeah wasn't present at Burnley. Yeah, Espe- especially Onana, like he. He has that really, really impressive combination of the control on the ball. Big man he's very composed. <laughs> he is, though. I hate to be a cliche, but he's very composed in tight spaces. Mm. And it's and when you're a team like Everton, who might at times need to sort of soak up a bit of pressure from from what let's face it, a better a better team. Having a strong player who can sort of fend off the opposition physically, but can also navigate out of those tight spaces, is it's so invaluable. It's almost a little bit like a bit of a cheat code at times. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I think I think Everton will still be down there, like you say, Ian. Um, but <clears throat> sort of make them maybe not favourites to get out of the relegation zone, but you'd give them a, well, it's a good, decent it's- chance. It's a good place to segue because that that win against um, Arsenal gave them a 16% bump um, to avoid relegation. Um, they went from 68% to 52%. <laughs> wow. One win. Um, Southampton were equal with them on 68. They're down to 69 and Bournemouth for 76. Um, above that, you've got Wolves, Nottingham Forest, 24. Leeds on 23. West Ham and Leicester on 12 and 11 and Palace on 8. Um, I still maintain that Palace number is going to go way up over the next few games. But anyway, but that's um, that's that's a huge impact straight away. And, mm. you know, it's compact down there. It's not There's not much separating people. And, mm. Well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I feel like I'm almost ready to write off Southampton at this point. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to sort of touch upon them in the run of play late. Or we can now if you later. want. Have well, yourself a I segue. Mean, Go on. <laughs> News. Nathan Jones is insane. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Not only is their form pretty awful, their manager is... I mean, he's lost it. He's like... <laughs> he's talking about how his, his previous side uh, sort of in the Football League were up there with the best mm. in the world. Uh, mm. Mm, Luton mm. Town, yep, yeah, yep, 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 yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Before for, that, Forest Green Rovers, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> for a man with such kind of little on his footballing resume at the top level, he's remarkably confident in his own ability. And at hey, the same get time, blaming everyone an eccentric else. hipster, isn't it? Get an eccentric <laughs> hipster in. Try and pretend you're Brighton like Southampton. Southampton did. Uh, you know, I mean. I don't know. I, I, I think I am worried a bit. I said right at the beginning of the season, I said I saw a lot of parallels between Southampton this year and Palace the year before because they had to buy a hell of a lot of players. They bought very young. They were changing up a lot of stuff. And now it seems like, you know, they've on top of that, they've got rid of their manager. They signed a few more players in uh, January, including uh, a six foot seven striker, um, which well looking forward to him getting on the end of James Wood Prowse crosses seriously well a six foot seven striker that striker they then played in a reserve game the week before uh, their last Premier League fixture and they did the same with Bella Kotschop who was in the World Cup squad for Germany yeah I I think they might be good to go like yeah it's 
fucking mad, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if they have to change their manager as well at the same time as, um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to segue, segue, segue too far. Um, but I am going to mention give you my Leeds, segue. You dirty leads. Go on then. Yeah. <laughs> Don't on. lean too far. Oh, you've fallen off. I no. think I probably would fall off a segue. Um, uh, Jesse Marsh, Yank, Yank Lampard is gone. Um, he <laughs> Yank is Lampard, after, that's awful. I mean, it really is <laughs> that bad. Is terrible. Um, yeah, he's nowhere near as bad as Frank Lampard. Um, leads on 18 points, like we said before, 23% for relegated. Um, in terms of actual uh, kind of underlying numbers, not that bad. But I think it had just come to a point where he didn't have the credit in the bank that his predecessor did, Bielsa. And uh, I mean, just pulled the trigger. You're, you're right. He didn't have that credit in the bank. And Bielsa's credit was, well, you, you would you would have thought almost unlimited. But obviously managers, all, all, uh, sorry, clubs mm-hmm. always do this to managers. Um, you know, see Leicester doing it to... Um, Ranieri, you know, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, yeah. it's a results business, isn't it? But while it is ultimately a results business, Leeds have... Look, we just took the piss out of Nathan Jones for XG talk. Leeds have done outperformed their last their last four opponents in XG. They've just not won the fucking games. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. been that bad, has it? No. I mean, it's, it's just it, it, this. Just seems like it's a it's a January thing, you know. You you get that they're seventeenth. They see Everton get Dyche, and they they worry yeah. that they're going to get dragged dragged in. And I I get it, but I really quite like Jesse Marsh, and yeah. I I think he he could have done something at that club, but he's had a lot of. Uh, a lot of issues that haven't all been down to him, and some have been down to him because we've talked about his, his over uh, over emotional uh, reactions on the on the mm-hmm. sideline. That I don't think always help his club. Sometimes that does help, doesn't it? I mean, let's let's talk about you know Arteta, and I think it, a lot of his stuff is performative, and it's done to get the fans going, and it's done to get the the players going, or whatever. Jesse Marsh, I think, tries to do that, but it doesn't always come off quite well, and he, it'll just get sent off, or we'll do a post match where he says something. That, sort of ridiculous and you you know whatever but I, I think he's similar to Bielsa that he's so locked into what he wants to do and it's just not quite come off he's just not quite had Bamford yeah. fit and he's just not quite had the players he's needed and I I feel, I feel a bit bad for him if I'm honest I think yeah. I think he could have he could have done something at Leeds and I don't know where they're going to go managerially now I, I assume they've got a plan but I don't know for sure that they have a plan. I don't know. I, I must admit, I don't know a lot about Leeds and the hierarchy and how the clubs run. You know, if this was something like Brentford, you'd be like, I'm sure they're all right. I'm sure they know what they're doing. I'm not, I, I don't know about anything about Leeds and, and, and their ownership or anything, but I hope they've got a plan because we've gone from Bielsa to Marsh. And then when it hasn't worked out straight away, mm. now I, I understand because they had that very good first season in the Premier League and the it's not yep. been like that since, but expectations have got to be managed just because, you know, a lot of teams have come up and had a, a very good first season and, and then sometimes it falls back and you've just got, you've just got to try and establish yourself as a Premier League club above those bottom three. And I think Marsh could have done it. And I just feel, I feel a bit bad for him. I must admit. Yeah. I, I sort of agree. And I think my overriding emotion is one of, it 
feels weird to say, but pity for for Marsh because yeah. he came into such a difficult environment. The like you say, mm. the expectation not just from that first season in terms of results in the Premier League, but also the kind of cult of personality that Bielsa yeah. had yeah. built up amongst the the Leeds fans, and I think sort of in that initial season, Premier League fans in general meant that as soon as Bielsa went, Marsh came in and he was sort of uh, tagged with the Ted Lasso kind of, uh, yeah. or who's mm-hmm. this American, the stereotype that Americans don't really do well managerially um, in general. And he's had less than a year in charge. And he's been sacked just after a January window where he's brought in, sort of, I think, three or four more players. Mm. And it just seems... I feel sorry for him. Like you said, they're underperforming their underlying metrics. I think they're probably about mid-table on expected points. And yep. it just feels like a bad time to do it. It feels like a really bad time to do it. And If, I if they haven't know. got a plan, then yeah. It, and I don't know what their plan is. I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard any rumours about... Uh, well, at the minute, the, the, the betting at. odds favourite is Carlos Corberan, who's currently at West Brom in the Championship and fighting for promotion. So I think it'd be a bit weird, and then for right. him to leave, and then after that, naturally Bielsa, then Pochettino, <laughs> Hassan Hootle, oh, for fuck's um, sake. <laughs> you know, a few, yeah, a few weird ones, but like, yeah, I, I think he parachuted into a situation that was really, really down. I think. The Bielsa thing was crashing and burning everywhere, and he came in and somehow managed to get Leeds to stay up last year. Um, and so, and then from that situation, lost Rafinha, lost Calvin Phillips. They obviously did get a lot of yeah. money, but you know, That's you spend that, a lot, you, actually, you spend yeah. around him with the RB Leipzig players who are all unproven in the league, and yes, incredibly attacking and exciting prospects uh, players like Tyler Adams Mark Roker Brendan Aronson um and, and it's just yeah it seems weird um considering how a month ago you know they they just beaten Liverpool um and beat Bournemouth yeah. in an absolute cracker um since then only 3 points out of 7 games three draws but you look at the teams they've played i mean uh, Tottenham Man City Newcastle West Ham Villa, Brentford and Forest, like, okay, probably a few more points. But then their next games, they've got Man United back-to-back, Everton, Southampton, Chelsea, Brighton, Wolves, Arsenal. Like, I don't think a new manager comes in and, and changes, gets any different points and out And nails of it, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, did you see Bamford's comments as well after after the game? Like, I really right. thought he threw, he threw Marsh under the bus a little bit, um, which was, yeah, Bamford said... Um, we needed more runners running past me to drag uh, Forest's centre-backs out of position and create a bit more space. The whole game was literally 2v1, which made it difficult. And unfortunately, I couldn't find the answers to solve that. Shut it's up, like... you stupid, po- pompous, injury-prone prick. You had one season where you were all right, and here you are being fucking tactical Larry. Fuck off. But proper, like, I, I, that might not sound like a lot, but like I read those comments and was like... Wow, that's that, that's really. I, I don't know whether he'd got wind that something was coming, like you know, lo- lose this game and it's done. Which maybe anyone could have thought, you know, Leeds not doing well and, and and playing Forest, but yeah, I mean, if you, I don't know, I think players bear some responsibility. Yes, of course, there's a tactical setup, but if something's if you're just banging your head against a brick wall, then then you know you maybe need to come up with something yourself on on the pitch. But like it was just, I, I 
I thought he really threw him under the bus with those comments. And like I say, maybe he knew what was coming, so there was no he knew there was going to be no consequences. But um, yeah, yeah I, I think Leeds is a bit of a coin flip now. I think for whether they stay up or not, because um, I think it very much depends um, who they get in. Um, you, you know, I know it sounds it sounds very. Uh, British middle-aged of me, but uh, Dyche has already gone. There's not two Dyches, you know. <laughs> so Actually, and a Dyche. And a Dyche. Yeah. Oh, there is another Dyche, yeah. Of course <laughs> there is, yeah. That's annoying. Uh, I think he might have been out of the loop a bit long. Uh, so I'm not sure what he could do at Leeds. Um, yeah, so I, I do fear for Leeds now, and um, I think it's a shame because when, you know, when I was a kid, it was it was – Dirty leads and and no one liked leads and then I think we all we all fell in love with leads in their sort of uh, journey up from League One and that so um, it, it would be a shame to see them go down uh, but I think they're in danger now I think they're in danger yeah we liked them for about half a season and then they went shit so it was only half a season we weren't it yeah um, <laughs> speaking of shit and uh, half a season I don't know transition uh, um, uh, Chelsea we're not going to talk about Chelsea but Oscar sent a voicemail. Hey y'all, it's Oscar here, checking in from Chelsea Island. Um, so we're a total banter club that deadline day was insane. Um, but thank you ZH for staying, I guess, by accident, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but the Chelsea Fulham game is in stoppage time, it's about to end. Uh, and we looked bad, but hey, Sterling is back, and Reese is back, and Chile is back, and the new guy looked good. I like Enzo. Very exciting times. I'd love a 4-3-3 for the season. So I guess I'm in a good mood, question mark? Anyway, thanks, bye. There we go. Yeah, you didn't say you were doing a good job this week, Adam, but uh, never mind. That's because he listened to last week. (laughs) He was too jealous about the quiz, that was it. Um, So yeah, uh, well, yeah, Chelsea didn't win after spending eight, you know, the GDP of a small Caribbean nation um, in the transfer window. Um, they outspent in January um, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga and Liga combined. So there you go. Um, one point, Fulham Whew. at home. Uh, Palace lost, Casemiro got a red card. Oh, well. Um... <laughs> You've literally... Okay, you literally have skimmed past that Chelsea game like that. Okay, no, that's absolutely fine. That's yeah. absolutely fine. It was... Very dull, but I mean, yeah. Imagine spending that much money and then watching that. Yeah. Okay. No. No. That's absolutely yeah. fine. I, yeah. I, I just exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and I didn't. You, I didn't see. Palace? I didn't see. No, not Ost. Um, I didn't see uh, Lolves. <laughs> Lolves against Liverpool. Um, but if you're going to concede three goals to Wolves, um, should you be hmm. the manager and the club that is completely under the firing line? And if you're, if one of those goals is going to involve Ruben Neves. He's not exactly mobile. He's like his pace isn't one of the first things I think of. Sort of having the freedom of Liverpool to sort of do what he wants in Liverpool's yeah. art. Did he score from outside the box? I don't think he did. Well, there you go. Automatic relegation. If you let Ruben Neves <laughs> score from inside the box, you should be relegated. But I mean, and also, they were sort of being run around by João Moutinho as well. And I'm pretty sure he's 47. Like, yeah. I haven't, I haven't all checked e- All evidence points to that. Yeah, yeah. They're in an old off with James Milder. <laughs> is it? All, all Milner is good for at this stage. Like, <laughs> it was weird. Liverpool are, Liverpool are quite bad. A hot take, I know. Um, <laughs> mm. And Klopp is also, managers in this league appear to be in a bit of a spiral. Mm. If we're 
sort of criticising Nathan Jones for his weird comments. Mm. Clock. Mm. Do, you, do you see the press conference where he refused to answer a question from one of the journalists? Yeah, he... from yeah James Pierce, who has been um, writes for the Athletic and Liv- has been yeah. rightfully scathing of of Liverpool recently because there's there's no other way to, to talk about Liverpool at the minute yeah. with their. Uh, league yeah, position, you, you, yeah, absolutely awful. They're they're, they're tenth, you know. This is not what where Liverpool should be, and yeah, it gets a perfectly reasonable question about their me- mentality and how they how they come out to start games. And Klopp mm-hmm. says, "I'm not answering that question from you after the things you've wrote." Uh, and like, if someone else wants to ask that question, I'll answer it. I mean, well done. Well, so petty. it's really petty, and obviously, Tom petty. Me, 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 and <laughs> me and you, Chuck, have uh, have uh, always enjoyed the fact that Jurgen Klopp, German Holloway, when when he loses, becomes the German Holloway. <laughs> this, is, yes. this is what he does, and he's. But this is you can't get so fucking pathetic. I mean, honestly, if you if you want to dig the players out, dig the players out, because I, that is, I think, where most of the fucking blame lies. I don't even he started think to. most of the blame I think he has started Clark. to actually just say, like, yeah. they're just not performing good enough. And I think that's right. You know, I've, I, again, again, I didn't see the game, but you look at the highlights and the, the pressing is all over the shop. And, I mean, granted, they've got players coming back from longer-term injuries and the only place they improved, or, well, I say improved, they bought players was up front with Darwin Nunes and um, Cody Gakpo. The midfield is non-existent as much as we kind of laugh at Chelsea for their situation I think it's far more to, to, to level that that criticism at, at Liverpool um, but I, I mean he has said previously he just doesn't recognise his team and I think that's right and it's it's just mad. I don't I, I, the, 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 the defenders are like statues just no, no one's well actually not just the, the defenders the, all of them are you, you mentioned Gakpo just joined the club you think would be out to impress just looked pedestrian completely pedestrian, pedestrian. and it, i i was yeah it, it, it continues to confound me to be honest that the, yep. the liverpool can be quite this bad i understand that they've had a uh, you know uh they had quite a busy season last season yes we've all heard about how how they had a lot of games and i totally understand that but it it, it doesn't explain this um it was a good actually talking about the athletic before with uh, James Pierce. He he wrote an article uh, that had a stat that uh, since the World Cup, Liverpool's top scorer <laughs> yeah. is Leicester City's oh, yeah. Valtfars. <laughs> yeah. uh, when he scored those two own goals in one game, Mad, <laughs> he's their top yeah. scorer. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I know it's and I'll give him credit in his absence because I'm sure he's shouting at his uh, sort of listening device of choice right now. But Oscar had been. Calling this Liverpool drop iPod shuffle. It's an iPod shuffle. His, his iPod shuffle. <laughs> his gramophone. Yeah. Um, he, he'd been calling this drop off for Zoom. a while with that with that <laughs> with that classic age curve comment that he would uh, he would mm. always ring out. And I think it's uh. you're mostly seeing it now in the midfield, as opposed to the forward line. You're looking at the likes of Henderson, Fabinho, and Thiago to be the spine of your team. And they're all sort of either heading towards thirty or past yeah. thirty, and I just don't know if they're athletically I think, capable. I think of... I think Fabinho's okay. I think and and I read yeah. an article about this where if you look at his underlying numbers in terms of what he's doing, he hasn't actually changed. He's still performing at a high enough level. But when you 
you're having to do the job of two, three people because Henderson isn't necessarily up to it, although he does give other qualities in terms of quote-unquote being a manager on the pitch you also can't have someone where they're only really going to do the same thing which is try to go just inside the fullback and then play a terrible outswinging cross um yeah. in from the corner of the box because that's that's just what Henderson tries to do it's you, you'll see it 10 times a game um and Milner just being run into the ground and about to be offered an extra year, like, okay, um, you, you can't be in the position as someone competing in the league to be relying on on that player. You know, I say the same with some of the Palace players, that there are people you can have in the squad and you can bring them on at certain points to make impacts in games, 15, 20, 25 minutes at a time, fine. But when you're relying on these people to start, and it's just not happening. Van Dyke has been absolutely crap. All the defenders, again, they've had injuries. Of course they have, but every club does. So you can't use that as a crutch. Everyone that's come no. in has just not performed. Trent Alexander-Arnold has reverted massively after having a season where he looked defensively competent in terms of he's he's not getting forward, I didn't think, when he was playing as much. And then when he is back, is a defensive liability. You know, there's a difference between teams playing into the space behind him. There's a difference between teams playing into the space behind him and him just not physically being able to stop anything from happening or just yeah. meandering or anything. And it's, you know, Salah's drop-off is immense. I do really wonder then if it's because the out-and-out threat that Mane posed on the other side just stopped people from from being able to double up on, on him and negate what yeah. he's doing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's night and day, night and day. And Darwin Nunez has come in and he looks lively. He brings a bit of chaos to proceedings, but he's lacking that composure massively. He he seems to snatch at chances far too often. And I know a lot of people will say his XG is very good. And whilst that is sort of half of the job of a striker, the other half is putting it in the net and not to be <laughs> yeah. kind of pointing out the obvious, but he's not doing mm -hmm. that regularly enough. And I think he doesn't bring enough composure on the ball and help mm. build up enough to sort of mitigate the fact that he's just keeps on missing chances. Yeah. He's the third third most underperforming um player. Um he's he's his goals minus XG, he's underperforming by three point one. Um which you know, to only score five after more than half a season. Yeah. Oof, that is significant, yeah. I mean, it's, it, the overperformance of XG is what pushes teams like beyond what they are. You know, where where I know he's not doing it at the minute, but you know, Sun's always been an overperformer of XG, and yep. what is why top is part of the reason Tottenham have you know been been up there and there or thereabouts for the last few seasons. And I think it's telling that now Sun is not banging them in with yep. regularity that Tottenham uh, are struggling, albeit they beat, obviously, uh, Man City this week, which you must have enjoyed, Adam. But, you know, it's... Um, yeah, it's... It... Nunes has not done what Klopp would have wanted him to do, not done what FSG would have wanted him to do. This club seems at a pretty severe crossroads that has come to a head much quicker than I thought it would, because you're right, Adam, Oscar's been talking about this age curve for a while, but this has come to a head really fucking quickly with, with Mane going and, and uh, Diaz, who has been injured, uh, Firmino had a, a decent start to the season, like way more mm -hmm. decent than anyone would have expected, uh, and then got, got injured himself. Uh, Nunes 
headbutts people sometimes. And so, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's been a, it's been a weird one for Liverpool yeah. and, and the back, the, the stuff behind the scenes doesn't sound great. Mm-hmm. FSG saying we might sell some of the club or all of the club. Who well, knows? Trying to get a sale uh, when might... no one's, no one's into, no one's coming forward. <laughs> no, no, no one's biting. You know? yeah. uh, we didn't <laughs> want to sell the club anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, we just got rid of all of the uh, data people and uh, our director of football's leaving. And uh, I mean, it all, yeah. Everything sounds a bit iffy. Klopp's been there what seven years mm. now. Uh, it just it feels eight, very crossroadsy. Eight, okay, yeah. fine, and 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 uh, it all feels a bit crossroadsy, and I'm a bit well. I'm not worried because I'm not a Liverpool supporter. Person, but, <laughs> you know, the the only person around Liverpool I think that is in this season with any credit in the bank is Allison. I think it's it be, because of him. It's not a lot worse, and you finally got to see because wow. Liverpool are poor <laughs> that he's actually, you know, what he can do as a goalkeeper. Um, for post shot xG per ninety, he's the second highest performing um, goalkeeper this season, Is that right? um, behind Kepper, oh, wow. behind Kepper, um, who's first. And you know, there's there's about a seven and a half game difference in there so you know that's that's big that's a position that you'd normally see you know I mean you look at third and fourth you've got Neto Burnt Leno um, teams for Bournemouth and Fulham that are going to see a lot of shots um, and the keepers mm. are going to need to save them and you've got Allison who's saving more um, so yeah yeah it's um, I think he's the only one who's coming out with credit in the bank and that is remarkable to say when you consider last season Last season, there was a very real chance that they were going to win four trophies. Like yeah. people four were trophies. talking about it, people were talking about it, and it wasn't sort of ludicrous to suggest that. And that was probably maybe this time last year, and sort of we're a year later, and people are talking about maybe Klopp should go. And yeah, yeah, like you say, Ian, how how quickly it has come to a head is is quite remarkable, really. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, football stuff happened and uh, there was other football stuff that was available. Uh, midweek games, um, double game weeks coming up. He's played the music. West Ham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, Spurs, Southampton, Wolves, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Leeds, Man United, Man City, Aston Villa. Double game week, Liverpool, Everton, Arsenal, Man City. Say goodbye, Adam P. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mr. Ian of Stimson. Goodbye. Thanks as ever to our producers, Mark, Jeff, Andy, Tom, uh, others, Nate. Oh, I don't have it written down. Bye. See, you always have a go at me for not playing the music quick enough. I, you sound like you're wrapping up. I, I hit the music and then I nearly stopped it. It all went wrong. Oh, dear.